Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. My name is Paula Parker. So lately I've been thinking a lot about motivation. When I worked on the notes for this podcast, it was 4.30 a.m. in the morning. And now, just to be clear, I didn't get up at this time because I was highly motivated. During my pregnancy, I've had a lot of insomnia, so it's not unusual for me to be up at 3, 4 in the morning. Usually I'll just have a milky tea, maybe some yogurt, like a little snack, and read my book, then go back to bed. But uh, this week, I actually decided to use the time to work because we are moving this weekend, and I won't have any time to produce this podcast, so I'm highly motivated to work because I have a deadline coming so that I can get this podcast out to you uh, for Monday. I've also been thinking about this um, because over the summer, I wasn't at all motivated to work on anything other than my day job, which meant a lot of things fell by the wayside. So although I continued coaching my current clients, I wasn't actively acquiring new ones. I wasn't on social media. I took a break from the podcast. Now, I definitely had some mind drama around that, especially at first, but when I decided, and it was a clear decision, to let that go and embrace a quiet period of, you know, just being pregnant and creating a human, that mind chatter really went away. There was so much resistance that had been coming up for me in the beginning for a few weeks, and it wasn't easy for me to discern if it was procrastination from self-sabotage and something I needed to push through, or if it was something else, like maybe it was, wasn't the right timing, um, maybe it wasn't time to push, it was time to rest. So today I wanted to talk about motivation, resistance, and right timing as it pertains to weight loss. Um, Because if you're on a weight loss journey, there will be times, many, many times when you feel unmotivated. So how do you push through? How do you know if it's the best thing to push through? That's what I want to talk about today. And so if you're feeling unmotivated about your weight loss journey right now, I hope by the end of this episode, you'll have a new perspective and feel inspired to take the next right step, whatever that may be. Okay, so let's get started. The most common complaint when it comes to losing weight, and I think really for any goal, is about staying motivated. So you'll often hear things like, if I could just stay motivated, I could get there, or I just have no motivation. Does that sound familiar? Maybe you've had friends or family recently say that to you, or maybe you've said it yourself. I definitely have, especially right now when we're in lockdown because of COVID and the days are getting colder and darker. It's November. I heard someone say recently that they weren't really feeling motivated and commented that it's just that time of year. And that's true for a lot of people, but you know, maybe, just maybe it doesn't have to be true for you. That's what self-coaching is about. So I say this because I want you to start noticing these common thoughts we spread around and to question them for yourself. Maybe it could be the opposite. If you're not relying solely on outside circumstances to direct your thoughts and behaviors, then you're in control. So of course, it's easier said than done, and I'm still working on that for sure. Um, But that's why we do this work. 
So when I mentioned before how I was working on this podcast in the wee hours of the night because I wouldn't have time over the weekend, that motivation largely came from what I would consider an external source. Much easier to get work done when you have that, right? Somehow when there's a deadline at work, we find a way to make it happen. And it's often similar when it comes to a weight loss goal. If there's a big event like a wedding or a trip coming up, it can temporarily help you stay on track. Remember, you're not going to always feel like it. Most oftentimes, you're not going to feel like it. So just reminding yourself of this is really helpful. Our brains are wired for pleasure and to reduce pain and discomfort. This is not a character flaw that you have. You are not an unmotivated person. The only difference between someone who gets out of bed and someone who presses snooze is that the second person has more work to do on themselves. You might as well accept that you're not always going to feel like it and you need to figure out some strategies to overcome that obstacle. Today, we're going to talk about what's really going on when you're feeling unmotivated and how to create both external and internal systems for motivation so that you do have strategies. Okay, first, here's the scenario. If every night for the past week, you commit to your food plan and then you go off of it, Or every morning you commit to working out after work and then five o'clock comes, you're thinking about getting takeout for dinner instead, here's what you need to do. We need to redirect you out of this loop by going within and being curious about what's going on really. So I've been listening to a great podcast by Chayla Davison and she's a coach uh, on the West Coast. It's called What is Leadership? And in a recent episode, she talks about resistance and she says, resistance is the most predictable response to change. Isn't that so good to know? So rest assured, nothing is going wrong when you're feeling resistant, when you're feeling unmotivated. So if you can notice when you're starting to feel unmotivated or when there's something that you said you were going to do, and then you're having that mind chatter of like starting to talk yourself out of it. First thing you need to do is just pause and take notice of that because what's outside of our awareness, we can't change. So bring it into your consciousness, get mindful. And sometimes this can be even changing things up. So maybe you can take a five, 10 minute walk, or maybe it looks like five, 10 minutes of meditation. Maybe it's 30 minutes of meditation if you have the time. Um, Maybe you could even have a shower or switch things up. But once you're in a more relaxed state, just take some time, preferably in a journal, and do a little mental inquiry. So ask yourself these questions. First, what are the facts? For example, in this scenario, I commit to my food plan at night and I go off it during the day. There's no judgment here. This is simply what's happening. And then the next question you ask yourself is, what am I making that mean? So maybe you're spinning out in negative self-talk with a million reasons why you're not doing what you said you would do. Maybe one of them is that you're just not motivated. That's the line that you have in your head. So write out everything. Then you take a look and see if any of that is actually true. Is it true that you never do what you say you'll do? Of course not, right? You can find tons of examples of times when you've made a plan and stuck with it. Maybe plans with a friend or a work project or simply deciding you'd clean the house and you did it. It doesn't really matter what it is. The point is that your brain will use terms like never and always, and it's just not true. So we just need to get clear on what is actually going on and what we're actually telling ourselves. 
So if it's not any of that, then with compassion and curiosity, we ask ourselves, what is really going on for us? There might be a good reason for procrastination, for feeling unmotivated. And that's where it gets really interesting, like really juicy, because only you will know. And it takes a lot of practice working with your brain to get good at this, to be able to decipher what's old negative programming that you need to push through and what's something deeper that's maybe not being addressed. Let's go back to my example for instance. As I mentioned, I spent weeks in resistance to working on my projects. I was tired for sure because of the pregnancy and just because of being a human, but I couldn't really understand why I wasn't feeling motivated because even when I'm tired, I'm, I usually want to be do, working on my projects. I was really indulging in confusion and mind drama, but when I did this exercise, I got very quiet and compassionate and thought, what if I couldn't be wrong about this? What would it mean? For me, it meant I simply needed a rest period. It was just a timing thing. All my mental energy was being spent on my job, my marriage, and my health. There just wasn't anything left in the tank for more. And I knew my projects would be there again when I was ready. So nothing was going wrong. And there's so much freedom if you can come to that place of acceptance. Acceptance of yourself, really, and where you're at. If you find yourself struggling and resisting your food plan or workout plan, it's possible that you need to step back and reassess. It's very possible that there's another aspect of your life that needs more attention. So often we think if we could just get this weight issue resolved, like lose 10 pounds, lose 30 pounds, fit into those jeans, everything else in our lives would be so much better. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes there's another part of your world that needs your energy and focus and attention. And that might be your relationship, your family, your career, or a creative project. And I encourage you to just momentarily try on the idea that if one of these areas needs attention, if it's nagging at you in your quiet moments, then this is where you can make the most difference. Spending time and energy here will actually have the greatest net positive on your life as a whole, and it will make your weight loss journey a lot easier. And it's with the momentum and life-giving energy that you get from your relationship or your creative project that will spill over to motivation in your weight loss journey. A perfect example is when you're in a new relationship and falling in love. You're so filled up emotionally during this time that it's actually very easy not to overeat. And I'm sure you've noticed the opposite too. When you've had a really stressful day, it's so tempting to veg out with Netflix and eat off your plan. This is also true on more of like a macro level. If your job is unfulfilling or your relationship is unfulfilling, it might be this is where you need your weight loss journey to actually start. Now, you might be reluctant to abide by this. You might be really holding tightly to your weight loss goal, and you don't really want to hear what I just said. <laughs> you don't want to give up. So just notice that thought. Notice how you feel in your body right now. Are you rigid? Are you tense? Maybe you're even feeling a bit anxious, like you really don't want to let go of it. That's totally normal. Just be gentle with yourself and trust that you have what it takes to reach your weight loss goal no matter what. So you'll get there eventually. It's just, it's going to look maybe a little bit different than what you've been thinking it would look like. It may come about in a different way. 
But what if when you look deep within and you're really honest with yourself, you find that no, you know, it's really is time to focus on the weight loss directly. It really is time to follow my plan and do what I say I'm going to do and get results and build that part of my life up, build that relationship with myself. So how then do you stay motivated long enough to reach your goal? Okay. So motivation is a word. It's a label. What we want is the result of that motivation. And there are two paths to get there. There's external motivation and internal motivation. First, let's talk about external. Here I'm referring to systems and structure. Our brains respond well to predictability, deadlines, systems, and structures. So here are some ideas you can use to build that into your life to help you stay motivated. But first, okay, why does this work? Because it doesn't actually rely on feeling motivated. Because guess what? No matter how amazing you are or how great your habits are, there are going to be times when you just don't feel like it. So I used to kickbox with a trainer and I loved it. And he was amazing. And I really miss him now that I don't train with him anymore. But our sessions were at six at night. And there were many days when I would finish work and just want to head straight home. But because I was paying for it, because I was committed to our sessions and he was expecting me to show up, I would go. And of course, I would feel great once I got into our session and it was awesome, but it wasn't internal motivation that did it at all. Even though I'd been working with him for years, it was the structure that got me there. So here are some examples that you can try, and I encourage you to come up with your own um, around creating structure for your weight loss goal. Okay. First one is making sure you have healthy food that's easy to prepare for a meal. So I know that kind of sounds basic, but what do you have in your kitchen right now? (laughs) Because oftentimes we know this, but we just don't do it. So for me, this means doing meal prep on the weekends usually, because I know that if it's there, it will be so much easier to have what's on hand than having to go to the store. So you simply need to ensure that you have the food that's on your plan at your fingertips. Make it easy for yourself. That's an example of a structure. Another one is setting out your workout clothes at night so that they're ready for you in the morning. This one actually really helped me, especially when I was running in the morning. I would just set everything out the night before, and as soon as I would wake up, I would just remember that it's just right there. It's going to be super easy to get on and go. Another one you've probably heard before, but it works, is have an accountability partner. So if you're not working out with a trainer... Is there a friend that you could do a workout with at the same time? Just having someone who's in it with you, even if it's not physically and you're simply texting each other, can be all it takes to get you from talking yourself out of it to actually doing it. Another is food journaling. This is a very unpopular one, I know. Most clients groan when I recommend food journaling, and I think I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on this. And I get it because I've done it myself, and I know that it can be annoying. By the way, all the stuff that I'm telling you about, this is all stuff that I have done. I would never um, ask you to do something that I haven't tried myself. But the reason I bring this up is that it's another supportive system. So the key is tricking our brains into keeping up momentum. Even if you go off your plan, but you're still tracking your food and putting it in your food journal or your app, your brain is still getting the signal that in some ways you still are on track and you're less likely to give up and quit altogether. And the last one I have for you is doing the same thing at the same time every day. 
So that's basically the foundation of habit creation, whether that's going for a walk, meditating, or having the same healthy breakfast every day. Our brains are association makers. So if you can tie a time with an action and keep it consistent, it won't take that long before you really don't have to think much about it. You'll just do it. And if you're having trouble taking the first step of your system, you can A, remind yourself that you're not always going to feel like it and that's okay. You can still do it. Just tell yourself that in your mind. And B, you can use Mel Robbins' 54321 trick in which you simply count down in your head 54321 and then do it. It's a little neurological trick that cuts the mind chatter and somehow helps you to get you to do it. Five, four, three, two, one, then you do it. It's kind of crazy, but I've used it and it actually works. So now those are just some examples that came to mind, but I'm sure that you can be more creative and come up with systems and structures that make your weight loss habits more automatic and focus on progress. Progress drives us forward. That's what actually makes us truly happy. We don't often, if ever, get what we want all at once. It happens in little bite-sized chunks, but seeing ourselves make progress is really rewarding. Okay, so what if you have your systems and structures in place and you're reminding yourself that you don't always have to feel like it, you're doing the Mel Robbins 54321, and you're still not doing it. This was like me in the summertime. What if resistance just keeps coming up no matter what you do, but you're committed to doing it? Let's talk about summoning internal motivation. In addition to your structures and systems, you can cultivate internal motivation, and here's how. First, you find evidence of past successes. You can do this by reframing your past as successful. For example, when you think back to 10 years ago, who were you then? I just had my birthday and I like to reflect on the last 10 years and just take the time to appreciate just how far I've come and think about how much has happened in that time. And I really advise you to, instead of comparing yourself to others, compare yourself to where you were 10 years ago. That's what my coach always advised me. You actually feel a lot better about yourself. In these last 10 years, I like met my husband. I got married. I made a major move to the island. I made some amazing new friends. I started this coaching business and I actually wrote a novel. We'll see where that goes, but I did it. So did bad things happen? And did I go through tough periods? Of course I did. There were many, but part of the reframe is to see those things as happening for me, not to me. And when you see it that way, you really start to see how much you've learned from those darker periods. So I encourage you to think about this for your life and for your health journey. What do you know about your body, your habits, what fitness you like, and nutrition that you didn't know 10 years ago? I bet there's a ton. Whether your weight is higher or lower than 10 years ago, you've had success along the way and the information, the data that you have now at your disposal can be considered a huge success on your part. Another way to find evidence of past success is in identification stories. So others that have had a similar story to you. 
This is another mechanism of the human brain. When we see others do something, it's easier for our brains to start to believe it's possible for us too. The best example of this, it's well known, is the four minute mile. So it took until 1954 for someone to break this record. And then within months, other runners were breaking it too. Now there's been over 1400 people who have broken that same record. Once you see it, you know it's possible and then you know that it's possible for yourself. I know when I spent time with my friend and her baby years ago, it made it seem more possible for me to be a mother. I saw it in action and I could imagine it for myself. And when I learned about a friend earning close to 100k in her job, it seemed more realistic in my job too. So seek out examples of people that you have something in common with. Maybe it's a woman your age or who in some aspect you can relate to and she's achieved her weight loss goal and she's maintained it. So let your brain see that it was possible for them and then know that it's possible for you too. The next tactic for summoning internal motivation is to surround yourself with other people who have what you want. Okay, so what's the stat that your salary is the average earnings of five of your closest friends, something like that. I don't actually know if that's true or not, but here's the science. Brains interact with each other through language in a way that synchronizes the brain. If you scan the brains of people in the same room, they are pulsing more similarly than people out on the street. Brain patterns are similar in two people watching the same TV shows or even things that you look at or listen to. So if you hear people who are positive, saying positive things and who are motivated, it will have an impact. Or you could just find content that will bring that to you, like speakers, books, videos, podcasts like this one. This will literally start changing your brain. It's important work to do. You really need to be discerning in what you allow into your brain. What kind of content gets in there? Like for me, I sometimes like listening to this true crime podcast called Crime Junkie, but I know that too much of it, too much of anything like that, although it's super entertaining and a great escape, too much isn't really good for my brain, how I'm going to be thinking and feeling. It's not going to be great for that. So I know that if I listen to one of those, I really need to offset it with like two inspirational podcasts. You'll really notice that if you're consistently feeding your brain good information, you're going to consistently feel better and more motivated than if you weren't. And I mean, you're listening to this, so you're already on a great track. One more thing I'll leave you with is the equation for desire because motivation stems from desire for your goal. It's desire is equal to ascribed meaning plus embodied level of excitement plus high stakes. So I'll say that again. The amount of motivation you feel is going to be dependent on three things, ascribed meaning an embodied level of excitement and high stakes. So you can use this formula to increase your desire, your motivation, by simply increasing one or more of these things. Okay, so let's just walk through it. How do you increase ascribed meaning? What is ascribed meaning? So get clear on what it would mean for you to be at your goal weight. How would you show up in your life differently than you do now? Would you feel more confident? Would you take bigger risks in your life? Would you start dating? Something like that. Maybe you would just be able to buy the clothes that you want to wear. What would your life look like if you didn't struggle with food? 
How would you be spending your time if you didn't spend energy preoccupied with cravings or binge eating? Remind yourself what this goal really truly means for you specifically. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Next is how do you increase an embodied level of excitement? That's the physical sensation of being driven toward what you want. We know our bodies and minds are one and the same. If I tell you to think about biting into a crunchy dill pickle, your mouth is going to start salivating. So the same is true for weight loss goals. Activating your imagination is very powerful. What if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that your weight goal was inevitable? Because it is. It's simply math and drama. We figure out the math and then we coach ourselves through the drama. So practice getting excited about your future. Really believe that it's going to happen. That will make you feel excited in your body. Lastly, how do you increase the stakes? Think about what will happen if you don't make any progress or if you gain weight. What will you look like? feel like in a year from now, if you continue on this path, if you continue making excuses or overeating, indulging in confusion, that sort of thing. What about five or 10 years down the road? What is the opportunity cost of continuing down this road? Think of how much you'll be missing out on if you don't go for it. I don't recommend spending too much time in this darker place, but it can also be a powerful motivator. When I was in thousands of debt, I'm talking like $35,000 of debt, and I was sinking deeper and deeper, the main motivator for me was what was at stake if I didn't fix it? I knew it would only get worse and worse, and maybe bankruptcy would be in my future, and inevitable at some point if I didn't get on top of it. It motivated me enough to get a second job serving, ask for raises in my job, and actually get a uh, second apartment that I rented out on Airbnb. And eventually I did pay it off. So in your weight journey, what are the stakes? Amplify them in your mind. Imagine spending not just 10 years, but maybe the rest of your life battling your weight struggle. It's not a pretty picture. Invest in yourself now and get this piece healed so you can move on to create and do all the amazing things you were meant to do in this lifetime. Okay, so let's summarize what we've learned. First, if you're not feeling motivated, you need to get curious. Is there something deeper going on here that you need to address? Is this really the right path timing goal for me right now? Or is this simply me not feeling like it and making excuses, my brain seeking pleasure over pain? If so, there are ways to cultivate both external and internal motivation. Create support systems and structures that you can fall back on when you don't feel like it. To build internal motivation, this is going to be an ongoing thing, you'll need to be finding positive role models, filling up your brain with inspiring examples, and ratcheting up the desire formula. Either the ascribed meaning, your purpose, embodied in excitement, or what's at stake if you don't reach your goal. That's all I have for you today. I hope you find this helpful. And if you need a pep talk, I did an earlier episode specifically for this. So feel free to check that out. It's episode number 10. Have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Bye.